0: Hello. Welcome to oh. another edition. Of, oh, see? Come on now, man. I I, I thought I had it. All right. Th- this is uh, another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice. That's Chris Williams. We are here to talk about the legal news of the week. Uh, Catherine Rubino couldn't join us, which is why I thought I was going to be able to get through the intro without somebody interrupting me, but I was betrayed. Hey, you know, as... I'm, I'm happy to betray you anytime, man. Ah, well, that's, that's the sort of uh, camaraderie we have here at Above <laughs> the Law. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, we talk about the legal industry, keep you kind of up to date. Uh, first, we're going to have a real short session where we... You know, show our humanity, which we call small talk. Uh, yeah. So, what's up? How have you been? Uh, I've been all right. It's been a
1: whirlwind of a week. I don't really remember what I did. Oh uh, wow. I did something. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so it was a two-parter. One. Okay. I broke my toilet seat, which sucks. Oh yeah, and, that's not great. But turning lemons into delicious drinks that may or may not be alcoholic. This yeah. was my opportunity to buy a heated toilet seat.
0: Whoa. Yes.
1: I'm going to be shitting in luxury. Oh, interesting. I should have I broke it earlier. It was like a hundred bucks. But like, you know, just for the like, I, I just can't wait for the winter. You know, yeah. I just take warm, warm dumps.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, that uh, that is like, it, you know, it's... We put a man on the moon. Now we have this. It seems like we're, we're everything's coming up roses. Uh, yeah. So I had like I've had just the worst run, as a lot of you know. Like I've not been on some of these shows. A uh, lot. That's mm-hmm. because it's just been kind of a nonstop travel since late August, uh, with mm-hmm. only a few days off in between. Last week we were in. I was in Houston. At the beginning of the week and the tail end of the week, I was running a conference of my own, and now, uh, as of this morning, I have until mid-November off. So I've got uh, I get I I finally get to be in one place for a while, so it's nice. But a lot of things have been happening, huh? Yeah. Always crazy times in legal. Uh, I guess we got a we got we got a first batch of bonuses. I mean, I don't really consider the Quinn bonuses to be bonus season cuz i view them as kind of a special one-off bonus but <clears> we're <throat> we're gearing up for that and for anybody who normally follows above the law you know we'll we'll be all on top of the bonuses when they start rolling in to uh, let y'all know what the market's doing anyway so that's that's pretty much it for us let's move on to actual <clears throat> yep there it is let's move on to actual <clears throat> conversational topics about the legal Profession and where do we want to start? I think the logical place to start would ah, be uh, ah, uh, ah. logic yeah. games. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, that's a money. About, tra- that is a money transition of the week.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. about another crappier thing, logic games will no longer be a part of the the hazing experience oh. that we that we have, where we introduce students into in the legal profession. Uh, one of the things that people will do is, you know, they'd make them chart out answers to who could sit where and under what conditions. Because of no, we all know that when we're, you know, doing luring proper, the first question that comes to mind is, can Amy sit next to Josh? Turns out the logic games have been ableist. Are they really hard for people who
0: can't see to do, <laughs> as you could imagine? You know? Eh. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I didn't I never really thought of the logic games as particularly visual-based, but. Uh, no, like enough. there's a there's a lawsuit that this is based in. Like that's that's what happened. Yeah, I I don't know. I I get it. I, I I'm very against this. I think this is an incredibly dumb decision on their part. Uh, I don't view the LSAT as a hazing experience. I view the bar exam as one. I view the LSAT as you know a, an entrance exam. It's no different than having the SAT or ACT. These are. These are exams that are kind of important to evaluate whether or not you can do law school. And I've always thought that the logic games, while they're weird, they were called analytic games, I guess, when I did it. Uh, While they're Mm -hmm. weird and don't seem to reflect anything about law, I actually thought that was their strength. It's something that you've never learned and had no reason to have ever learned in law, in your. Undergraduate studies, but it's something that's actually incredibly easy to do once somebody walks you through the method. So I viewed it as a—it was the test of how how well can you apply yourself to learn something new and master it in a short period of time. Uh, because once because they it was basically the same six or seven puzzles over and over again, and it was just can you learn the method by which to decipher this puzzle and then do it. So I thought it was a great test.
1: Given that on average, it's most people's lowest section. I think the data shows it's not incredibly easy to do. So when I was learning this, doing working on studying for logic game sections, uh, my uncle died and I didn't really have time to mourn because I was too busy trying to figure out if Amy couldn't sit to Stephen while blah, 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 blah. And I never ended up using any of that ever since the test right. was done. So like to, you know, points to uniqueness and ease aside, I'm very happy that it is no longer going to be part of the exam um, 2025 and onward. I think there's going to be one more, one more test I'll be giving out whether it is a thing. Um, yeah. But outside of that, uh, you just, you know, focus on your reading comprehension, uh, you know, things that are more applicable to the practice of law rather than,
0: Graphing and mapping. I thought the legal reasoning section was probably the most applicable. That's the one that uh, is the you read something and then they ask like, "What is the the flaw in this argument?" Kind of stuff. That I mean, that's yeah. the most clearly applicable. Mm. But I mean, it, the thing is, the whole the whole test has always been hard, right? Like that's part of the point. And it's not that it's I guess I shouldn't say hard. It's not that it's easy or hard. It is a sorting mechanism to figure out exactly where your one's abilities are within you know on a standardized level uh for the purposes of law school admissions i just always found the games itself to the extent you're already taking a hard test the games because they were such a such a foreign thing to a student because you've never learned it before i thought it was a good test and it could be replaced by anything but i feel like it the test was better off when something that was completely out of left field as a thinking concept to the applicant is thrown at them as a test of whether or not they can figure out the the deciphering mechanisms and so what you know i mean hey make them make them do rubik's cubes or something that that works too whatever it is like it, i think the test was better served when it had some kind of thing like that where you learn the method it, you can show that you figured out a method which i think is is relevant it seems irrelevant to to law but i think it actually is relevant to be able to say can you see this this situation and knowing that you have six or seven rubrics in your head of how to solve, can you identify which one this pattern fits and then apply it? That, I mean, that that is a lot of law. So that's why I'm I'm going to be very sad that it's gone because it was difficult, but I thought it was a useful measure of where people were as far as their preparedness for law school.
1: My thoughts on it is according Mm -hmm. to someone who's been working for Kaplan uh, for 30 years, that the logical reasoning and the logic game section study the same sorts of things, same sorts of capacities. Uh, it looks like this is a move towards making the tests more accessible. So shouts out to people who may now have a chance of getting a higher score and getting included in a law school that they w- might not have because of difficulty. Well, a refusal to make a test more accessible. So shouts out to y'all and, uh, I'm looking forward to <laughs> no one else having to go through that.
0: See now, I, I and that's the thing. I don't think this makes anything more accessible. Ultimately, what happens is without this section, which as you pointed out tends to have a broader spectrum of scores than others, what you end up with is a lot more bunching up of scores at the top because they aren't being dragged down by this. And then it's not like it's not like Harvard has more seats. They have the same number of seats. They now just, instead of being able to point to a population of 174 and up, kind of that—that's one size. It's going to be bigger. So there's still going to be people who are just losing their seats out. It just because they don't have the ability to put them all in. It's just going to—it's just going to make the test a little bit more bunched up at the top, which I don't know is the how that cuts as far as helping.
1: The accessibility issue of like people who have problems seeing and not being able to do the graph part, like that's I'm really using accessibility in that respect, like it makes it easier for people that otherwise would not be able to do a section of the test, be able to not have that counted against them, yeah i
0: i mean i'm I'm aware of this suit i I just I don't know i I never really thought of this as particularly visually based but that, I mean my my way of dealing with do you not remember never, like
1: making the little charts and drawing the lines
0: well I mean I remember that I charts mean you are being, like decades removed right well I remember the charts being how they explained to me how to think about it and like and and master it but I mean that, that could have been handled in various different ways I mean that's and then just you what actually drew the, the charts on the paper Oh, no, no. No, it, it's still a, it was still a scantron for me. I didn't draw anything. I just chose between A, B, C, and D. Oh, no, the okay, way I, had, I was taught to do it yeah. was
1: that. Yeah, so they, they would give the things. They'd give, like, Thomas, Michael, Stephen. Mm-hmm. I would make variables out the names. I'd write down T. I'd be like T underscore underscore Michael because T had to be two spaces away from Michael. And then, like, I'd, I'd actually draw out the charts to answer the questions.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that would help yeah I mean that that is a useful way of doing it I didn't know that you could have scratch paper or anything I guess so like the way I was taught it
1: assumes being able to to, to write and see the things like I'm not I wasn't I wasn't taught it in a way where I just do like a mental inventory of the people. Ah, okay
0: yeah I mean I remember I learned from a book yeah I didn't go to any like prep course so I learned out of this one giant like book I picked up at a Barnes and Noble to show how old things were. There were still Mm -hmm. bookstores. But yeah, and then you can flip through, and and it did have images in there, but I learned the rubrics and then just applied them rather than having to do anything visual itself other than having read a book. But I assume if I'd gone to a prep course, it would have been lectured at me how to do it. Uh, It is interesting how Kaplan uh, seems to think this is a great idea, since I, I think a large part of how prep courses make their money is by te- having been by teaching this part of the part of the exam. Yeah, logic games are gone or will be soon. So we'll we'll move on. We'll see how that impacts the future of lawyering. And with that, hey, well, unless there's anything else, let's take a break. We'll be right back to talk about, uh, you know, some kind of awful thing that's happened. <laughs> All right, so let's talk, uh, I don't know, let's talk about Stephen Miller, and he is Do we suing. Have to? Unfortunately. So he is suing NYU uh, because he says the law review doesn't, uh, let, you know, white men just don't get a fair shake on that law review, he says. So tell us, aren't you, didn't you graduate from NYU?
1: I did. Yeah, tell us about your bestie. Uh, who? <laughs> oh, he's easier I'm saying like he's your friend because NYU, it's it's your
0: school. He's not from NYU. He is in fact, he is in fact not even a lawyer. He is but, just but school a suing, school suing. suing NYU. So it there's a connection there. Fa- he makes him far from a bestie. Though, so I I thought there was some okay. connection you were trying to get with like some whether or not it was uh, the the dean or something. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, this, yeah, this is what the kids call fucking with you, and. and <laughs> and it didn't really have make much sense so Uh, anyway yeah usually you try to make those like connect anyway anyway so so yeah so this guy's doing that uh he's largely become kind of an ambulance chaser on the wokeness side where like everything that any company does he's suing all sorts of companies for you know having policies like we don't fire all purge our roles of everybody who's black or anything like that, which is kind of, and he's got lawsuits all over the place. He's suing pop tarts for being gay. Mm. Um, That is a thing that is actually happening. Uh, (laughs) So this is, this is a non-serious person. However, he's going after the law review, arguing that he's got a purported class action. His named plaintiff in this purported class action is John Doe. So he's got an unnamed named plaintiff, which I guess you could do Uh, it. It's, uh, it's a bold choice. Anyway, so he's got this lawsuit saying that the law review's policies will make it hard for this white dude to get on to the law review. Now, this white guy has not even attempted to get on to the law review yet. He is a 1L who knows whether or not this person will actually have the capacity to be on a law review ever or not. But we're not going to wait where he's filed this lawsuit. And he claims that since standing, I mean, standing, pfft, We we're we're done with that, right? Like, didn't we learn that at three o three? Like, we're done. Yeah, we we've given up on that. So, instead, this is going to be a lawsuit to say that the law review needs to change its rules in to create a rule process that lets that that can guarantee that this kid who has not yet even attempted to apply for the law review can get onto the law review. So, that's where we are with. Litigation in this country.
1: I think there's a case in the chamber right now. The Supreme Court. It's, uh a woman named Lawfer. She was going around uh-huh. doing um, test suits because there were like hotels. She didn't the intend ADA on staying stuff. at. Yeah, she didn't intend on yeah, staying yeah. at. But she was saying like this violates the law. If they strike, if the Supreme Court strikes down her case, I wonder how this will affect
0: the uh, people doing these spite racial suits. Well, so the so the 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 basis of this. His basis that he's hanging his hat on is not completely off. It's it's weird. It's the there was a Justice Thomas wrote an opinion way back in the day where he argued that where he held that contractors bidding for contracts with a city government didn't have to prove that they would or wouldn't get the contract. If they could just prove that there was a rule that made it harder for them to get the contract, that was mm-hmm. sufficient for them to bring their claim. That was probably a stretch of how standing works, but it is a stretch that's like in the rules. Yeah. So we can we can all admit that that happens, that there is some kind of a standing argument based on that. I, I'm not altogether sure that applies to this situation. There's not... In that situation, the contractors were told, you know, like, we are going to put our thumb on the scale toward certain other contractors, so it is going to be more difficult for you. You might win the business, but we're clearly going to privilege some bids from other contractors. The NYU policy doesn't do any of that at all. The NYU policy says we're going to let bunches of you on. Also, we're going to reserve a few slots that we will utilize for the purposes of just making sure that it's more diverse. I mean, they don't really phrase it that way post all the stuff that happened last last Supreme Court term, but they phrase it, but that's really what it is. It, it isn't that we're only going to let diverse candidates onto the law review. It's that we will we will appreciate the concept of diversity when we fill out our ranks. And that's different, because the contractors who get denied in this Justice Thomas opinion, they didn't get any business uh in this in in this policy it's that you could still get on you could still win a bid there's just a bunch of bids and some of them are not are going to go to other folks so it's not an analogous precedent that he's banking on Mm -hmm. and i've now wasted far too long on how a non lawyer idiot is (laughs) basing his case but Mm -hmm. that's that's the way in which he's trying to get standing anyway Uh, Whatever. This guy, uh, he's taken a, as the headline puts it, he's taking a break from suing Pop Tarts for making kids gay, which is the basis of that suit, in order to go after NYU Law Review. Is it too much frosting? I, I think they had rainbows on them, mm. and that was his problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also going after, I think he's going after cornflakes or something, too. It's, it's a mm. series of unserious claims, you know? But this is where we are. I feel like at
1: this point you need to get a better hobby. Like doesn't he you know games like Hollow Knight exist? Like there are things to do besides just sue whoever whatever commercial you see. Like I'm I'm assuming you saw like a Pop-Tart commercial it was like no, that's too colorful. Like how does one decide to sue Pop-Tart?
0: Well, this is gonna sort of be a a, a good transition. We'll take a break, but um you know, he's he kind of came up in the biz as he founded a group in college, along with Richard Spencer, noted neo-Nazi Richard Spencer. Mm-hmm. So you know, the next uh, thing we're going to talk about deals with Hitler. So <laughs> it, it it kind of is a transition, right?
1: Yeah. And on that yeah. note,
0: yeah, we'll take a break. Okay, so we in the year 2023 we have the hitler content to talk about i guess i i don't there's <sighs> been a good d yeah yeah you've been on this case you you've been reading this story
1: unfortunately no. is it
0: anti-semitic yes
1: is it stupid yes is there is that a venn diagram where it's an overlapping circle yes but this is just so dumb like there was right. a there was, an, there was an attorney who reached out to one of the largest <laughs> like lawyer meme pages um, yeah. and then decided to go on a rant about being against Zionism. And, hey, you know, that could be a political stance. But then it was like Hitler was great and should have killed all the Jews. That's not <laughs> that's not <Right>. defendable. <laughs>
0: And it was on her personal account. Like, it wasn't on a yeah. Finster or somebody right. else's like, account. Right, like, he doesn't get a like, burner. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Look, uh, this is obviously a very sensitive issue, and it's going to, unfortunately, be an issue that dominates the, the near future. Where this line comes, we have had some people lose jobs, we've talked about in the past, mm-hmm. uh, over the situation in the Middle East where they will have said stuff that supports Hamas or something like that, which, you know, is obviously within the rights of a private law firm to fire somebody over that. And in this instance, you, yeah, yeah you, you probably should not be supporting Hamas. Now, where does this line get drawn? I feel like almost there needs to be, and I don't know as though any of us are in a position to do it, uh, so this is purely a, a I'm kind of tongue, all, not tongue-in-cheek, but but just... There should be kind of a decision tree. Like, do you want to say this? Do you want to phrase it this way or that way? Like, yeah. if you say, you know, hey, everything that happened with the attacks on Israel was wrong, but also I'm very deeply concerned about humanitarian crises developing in Palestine, that that seems like an entirely reasonable statement. Yeah. Uh, in this like it instance— should, It should what, be a fair game to say
1: it is unjust for a state to cut off water to millions of people.
0: right. In an act you of can, collective you, punishment, you can say stuff like that, and and that's a thing. Instead, what what this person said was, "I'd rather put you in the gas chamber. Bet you'd like that with all your Zionist ancestors. Hitler should have eradicated all of you. See now that not so that goes, good. Yeah, that see that one that one's not okay. Yeah. They're, they're, that one's never never going to be Mm-mm. okay. Mm-mm. Uh, so this was a state comptroller lawyer uh, who is no longer as one might imagine a state comptroller lawyer uh but that's where we are like the series like this is obviously over the top definitely needed to happen but the newsworthy part of the story is that we're going to have more of these where these early cases that we're getting the you know the the winston and strawn and davis polk and now this where folks are making statements that are clearly over the line anti we don't even need to deal with lines, clearly anti-Semitic yeah. are going to be fired and that makes sense. Where the other shoe that is going to drop, I think, and where we're going to have to have some serious conversations about how we function as a profession is there's going to start to be, especially as humanitarian crisis develops, there's going to be people who make statements that are more along the lines of, as we were just talking, Hey, maybe you shouldn't cut off water to a population. And then what happens then? Yeah. Do firms take that and claim and say that that is mm-hmm. is sounding anti-Semitic to them because it, it clearly is a criticism of the the government there? Mm-hmm. That's going to be a, That's going to be the next real issue that's going to be serious. We haven't heard anything yet uh, about that, but
1: I it's suspect. Coming.
0: I deeply suspect it's, it's coming, coming where there's going to be a firm that or a law school or somebody is going to respond to something that's in that zone. And yeah. then there's going to be a back and forth over where where that line drawing is. Yeah.
1: Somebody's gonna say Israel should not have bombed that church and the response will be, Oh, you hate Jews.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then that's gonna become the the issue. And so that's unfortunately going to be the Story that is emotionally exhausting for everybody to write about. Uh, Mm -hmm. On certainly, on my end, I wrote the original story about the Winston Strawn situation. Uh, It was grueling to deal with because it was, you know, it it's troubling that these statements are made, but also it's going to become more and more of a invitation for people to get reactionary to people's statements. It's going to lead to people kind of. Trawling folks's individual social medias and stuff and taking things out of context and getting mad at people over that. It's it's all negative and I worry, and that is exhausting. Yeah. One thing about this, and it's
1: like the it's one of those things where just thinking about talking about the war, the air is stifling. The way people are policing conversation is wild. Like just in the meme group. I got people yeah. taking screenshots of people, who think people say in a Facebook group, and send them to their employers. Like, yeah, it's it's wild. I don't want to call it necessarily suppressing a speech, but like the ways that people are policing speech, just just like
0: out of the out of the blue. You know, it's gonna be rough for a while on the profession. Obviously, that is a far less important thing than what is going on uh, on all sides over there but it is within our narrow world of being legal industry reporters it is going to create a difficult patch of a break in the collegiality of our profession anyway so on that cheery note i guess Thank you all for listening. Uh, you should subscribe to the show so you get new episodes when they come out. You should give reviews. Stars, write something. It helps everybody move along uh, and find the show. You can follow us on social media. I'm at Joseph Patrice at Twitter and jo- at, at Joe Patrice at Blue Sky. Uh, Chris is at Rights for Rent on Twitter. And Blue Sky. Oh, you are now on Blue Sky. Okay, yeah. good. I, I have not, I don't know if I've followed you there yet. I will get on that. Then you should be listening to the Jabot. Uh, I'm a guest uh, usually on the Legal Tech Week Journalist Roundtable. You should check out the other shows on the Legal Talk Network. And with all of that, we will uh, talk to you next week. Peace.